Danny, I want to thank you oh. for taking the time to come here and do this for the second time because we did yeah. it the first time. It was me, you, and Colin. Mm -hmm. And I, it would happen. I think someone called um, me or something and I said, oh, I got a I think I that was kind of early on and I think it was sort of an impromptu. It was, it was yeah, yeah, impromptu. Yeah, because actually, I, you were kind of interviewing Cullen, but I was just there and kind of ad-libbing. So it, it wasn't a complete interview. It sure I wasn't at all. Yeah. But so I did watch it again. You did? I did watch it. And what, yeah. So what, what, what did, I didn't, though I know I found out about your college education, I found right. out about your company. Right, right. Where were you born? You did tell me, but tell me again, where were you born? Um, I was born in uh, Clarksville, Tennessee. Okay. And it's a, it's kind of a unique city because people think, okay, it's Tennessee, it's down south. But actually, um, it's right beside Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Okay. 101st Screaming Eagles, right? Okay. And so, it's a military base. So at my high school, I think we... Wait, you were born near the military base. Yeah, it's like the military okay. base is it's it's on the, the border of Kentucky, but Clarksville is at the top of Kentucky. It's on the border as well. So it's like you're, you're driving in Clarksville and it just melts right into Fort Campbell, Kentucky. So does that support Fort Campbell? I mean, uh, a Fort lot of Campbell people who are based at Fort Campbell live in Clarksville. Live in Clarksville, okay. Good. At my high school, probably like 60 or 70 percent of uh, the students there were military brats. Got you. And so growing up and going to high school there, going to school there, you had people from many different races, uh, people who's maybe a mother who was Korean, mother who's German, and it's just a, a really eclectic group of people there. But you grew, so that's where you grew up? Yeah. Mm -hmm. grew so up. when you grew up there, well, how many people in your family? Um, I have two siblings. I have a sister who's one year younger than me right? and a brother who's one year older than me. Okay. And same same mother, same father. Same father. You yeah, know, yeah. You know that's my no, question. It, it, it's not that generation. It's a generation before where <laughs> it's a generation before where actually parents this, did not divorce so this, much or if they did they didn't remarry so much like they do now. Okay, so, okay, okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 50 years old. So you're 50 now. I'm 50 now. Yeah, I just turned. But nobody, 50 but no year. one believes that when they nobody see believes you. me. Now I have to, I have to admit today, my so eyes look red because I had an allergic reaction last night. I started okay. sneezing and right. eyes turned puffy. So, but I, I don't drink, and I, <laughs> right, right. And I but you, you have, did you ever drink? Never. But why? You have an allergic reaction to, dr to no, alcohol I just, or something? No, um, my, my father drank. I remember he would have like whiskey or things at home, you know, mm -hmm. you know drink whiskey, watch TV. Right, but right. I would just smell it and it just smelled horrible. And I've just never been interested in it. Yeah. I, I, haven't even, I haven't even had a beer or a wine cooler or even a recipe with wine in it. I've never, never Maybe had that's it. what you and Colin haven't. Yeah, that's yeah, one yeah, thing yeah. That's one thing we have in common is we, we both common. don't drink at all. I mean, no way. Not even a sip. But my do, you, whole life. do you do you, do you, do you associate any kind of violence with? No, no. I, like just, every, everyone I've ever dated has, except my, my current wife. She right, doesn't okay. drink. Everyone I know, my brother drinks. My sister drinks. My mother drinks occasionally. My dad drinks. I'm just the only one who does. You just didn't have that. I just never. What about smoke? Never in my life. Not even once. Did your father smoke? Heavy. My father died from smoking. Okay. Yeah, he yeah, had uh, emphysema. Okay. And he died in 2001. 
Did your mother smoke too? Never, never. Never, okay. But my sister does. And your brother doesn't? My brother will have an occasional cigar. He's one of those guys. Interesting. You know, when he's And did you ever try to smoke? Never, never. Nothing. Nothing. Never. No no marijuana, no cigarette, nothing. Isn't that interesting? I I hated my dad's cigarette smoke growing up. But I did too. That's that's what he was And I think that turned me off the most. My dad smoked, and my brother and sister, we'd always tell him, stop smoking, stop smoking. We hated when he smoked in the living room. And it just turned me off from an early age. I've never, it's funny, I've never been interested in smoking or drinking either one. So everything I say, my mind is clear. I mean, I, I can never so use the you excuse. You never excuse. No, but people right. think, sometimes people think I drink because I, I'm a very energetic person. And they think And I'm a fun person and people think you must be drunk. You must be drunk or you're on something or whatever. Just me, just me. Yeah, yeah. Before. All right, so tell me, growing up, what was it like for you when you were growing up? Like you said, you went to a school that Yeah, yeah. It, t- uh, Clarksville, Tennessee is an interesting city because it's like you have the sort of the rural area sort of countryside area on the outskirts of the city. It's a city of about 100,000 people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then you have the very sort of progressive thinking people in the military because in, in they, they're more worldly. They've, That's they've, right. been, they've been more to places. Other places. They have so, something to compare right, right. Clarksville When to. I say progressive, I mean they're used to living around different people with different cultures. and ex- Like interracial marriages and dating were so common you couldn't frown upon it at you all. Didn't think about no, it. no, no, no. Because every my, my neighbor I remember everybody knew somebody. I remember when I was a university student, my neighbor was a he was a black guy with a Korean wife, the other neighbor was a white guy with a German wife, another neighbor was you know, there was all of these mixtures. Mixtures and it was it was a beautiful thing because you didn't really feel any animosity in terms mm-hmm. of race growing up. But your all. parents were the same way with your mm-hmm. father marrying your mother who's an Indian. No my, my mother is no no Indian. My my grandmother Your grandmother my grandmother is Cherokee, but Cherokee. my mother. Wait, 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 wait. She's not. Well, she has Cherokee in her. Then. Oh yeah, her yeah, mother, yeah, 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 That was her mother. I right? think a lot of black people do. Yeah, I think because you know, that's true. They, they, historically, they find out that yeah, historically, you know, a lot, a lot of them mixed a lot with the, with the right. native people. So yeah. Cherokee, you got to do your DNA. So yes, you yeah, I, I know. I, know. I, I think that you I would do. do. But you know, in, even in my family, I was telling um, my wife this. Because she was wondering, you know, she hasn't met my family yet, but we're planning on going back as but soon as we get But you've only been married for how long? Just two years. Yeah, two but years, we, yeah. once we got married, COVID hit. That's right. So, you know. So, yeah, that put yeah. a, that put But a, they, they, put they've seen her on my Facebook and everything. Okay. But I, I, she was just wondering, is it okay? Are they going to accept me? I said, Mona, I said, everyone in my family is married to someone of, you know, some different race or some different... I said, the only thing is you're the only one from Nepal. Right. But other than that, of course they will accept you. I mean, we she doesn't understand how my family is. My family is very open and very accepting. But blacks people. in general, basically. That blacks in general We've have always been Always like been that. most receptive yeah, 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 to yeah, almost yeah. Even anyone. during segregation. That's right. You know, people from people different races. Always went there first. You know, I, it's funny. I was reading a funny, interesting article about war brides during World War mm-hmm. II. Mm-hmm. And it was um, looking at the difficulties that Japanese brides had coming back to the U.S. And actually... Those who married black servicemen had less or fewer obstacles to deal with because, you know, they weren't going back to a society that restricted them. Right. But if they went back to a white society, they were going back to a society that restricted them from entering restaurants and things like that. But, you know, that the community, the black community in America has always been very open and and receptive to anyone. What kind of activities did you enjoy when you were a kid? 
Um, you know, we played, you know, as a young kid riding bikes, playing football in the backyard. And by football, I mean American football. Okay. Uh, basketball, baseball. I mean, you know, the backyards in my neighborhood were as big as, you know, baseball fields. And were, were they connected? So it was there was like, no fences? It was a neighborhood. Fences? Yeah, it was a neighborhood, but some had fences, some did some not didn't have right. fences. You know, when you were cut, taking a shortcut home, you'd jump, fence, jump fences right, to come right, home. Right. But it was a... You know, in the neighborhood, there are people, many different races there, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, it was just a very fun childhood. We, we didn't have any, you know, we went trick-or-treating without any worry about being poisoned or abducted. You know, we could ride our bikes until late at night. It was just a very peaceful time. I, I grew up, you know, I was born in 1971, so the prime time was the 80s, you know. Right. The 80s... We were kind of innocent then. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have 24-hour news uh, feeding things into our head that you know divided us so much. Mm -hmm. We might have been divided, but we, we pretty much watched the same television shows. We watch. We listened to mostly the same music. And people would get together and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, talk about. Did funny. you see this it's last so, night? Exactly. It's so funny how we're so segmented now because of 24-hour news and because the availability of so many channels. But at that time. Everyone watched the same thing. Like everyone watched the Cosby Show. That's right. Everybody watched uh, Full House. You know, it's like we and that all... would be the topic the next exactly. day. Exactly. And and growing up, I listened to I listened to pop music and rock music probably until I was fourteen years old. That's right. That's why when I listen to some of the oldies, you know, you Phil Collins and all that, you know, I can sing along with it. That's now. right. Yeah, yeah. And then I started getting into. You know, listening to that's the birth of hip hop. Right. You know, right. and uh, you know, and in in my childhood, I mean, we did just simple things like that. Nothing. We didn't travel outside of the country. When was the first time? You, oh, yeah. First, let's go through your schooling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you finished elementary school. Mm -hmm. You stayed in your town for how long? Oh, for 20, 22 years or so. Before you even left. Before I left and went to Nevada. But you I, had never traveled outside. Never. Never. No. 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 So you, you didn't have family trips. That wasn't part of your family thing. Family trips to my grandmother's house like an hour away. An hour away. Okay. Yeah. That was your family trip. Yeah. But one, one thing I, I did say, when I was in middle school, I was super active in everything. Like I was the student government. I was in the, I wrote the school newspaper. I, I was involved in so many organizations mm -hmm. and uh, to the point that I developed what's called hiatal hernia from stress. You know, in that age, yeah, at that age. age, yeah. And then in high school, what happened? Uh, my parents divorced, and it we moved from my base of friends to another part of town. So it was like, um, I I think I kind of lost passion to be involved in so many things. And then you I were involved just, prior to that. Prior to that, I did you know that your parents were? Gonna, I mean, was it a surprise no, no, to it was, you? It was kind of a surprise to me. I didn't know what was happening. I knew sometimes they didn't get along, but I didn't. You didn't expect them no, to no, divorce. No, no, no. So how did that? I mean, if you don't mind talking oh, no, about no, 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 it. No, no, no. So how how did the, how did you hear about it? How did it come? I'm not sure if this is true, and or if it's just my false memory of this. But I remember my dad calling us into the room and telling us, and I remember us crying. Mm -hmm. You know, and you was, were teen we already. Like, we were, no, we were like twelve. I was twelve, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. something like twelve, thirteen, something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, we moved, and then we went to, you know, same city, but just a, a different school. So the high school I went to, I didn't know anyone. You know, I, I went from, uh, it's funny, the place I'm from in Tennessee, Clarksville, Tennessee, it's called St. Bethlehem, okay. of all places. And so I had my core friends in mm -hmm. St. Bethlehem, and then I, I moved and went to another 
part of town and went to another was high it school. Very, was it pretty much the same kind of integrated fam I mean, families and everyone was pretty much mixed or was it no. more all black? It now? was more was all black. Got you. Yeah. And that was new for you. And that, that was, was also a big me. difference. Right, right, right. That was and these kids me. were a little more... Street. Okay, a little more aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little more yeah, aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so I didn't really... You're new kid. It's funny. <laughs> my, sister, my sister jailed with them. My sister jailed with them, but I didn't. I, I didn't hang out with anybody. Whoa. I was like... And you kept on asking, what did you say? I was still listening to WJZ, <laughs> and which was you a couldn't rock, do that. rock station. And you couldn't do that. No, Not I couldn't there. do it. I couldn't do it. My brother didn't either. They had a black station that you listened to if you lived in the area. That was WABD. Oh, right, right, there you Clark, go. Anyone from Clarksville watching. But know that. Yeah. That was strictly black. And then I started listening to WABD a little you bit. Had yeah. to, if you <laughs> wanted to be sane or yeah. not get beat up on the way home from exactly. school. Well, it wasn't that. It, it wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't like no, that. It was just more, uh, more or less different. You know, okay. Different. Yeah. But don't people in Tennessee have an accent? I or think, is that a yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Did you do, have but, one when you first came here? But, but, but the thing about it, it's what I told you. Almost 60 or 70% of people are, mil they're not even from Tennessee. So you start to pick up their accent. I don't even know what accent I have. You know, it's like right. Okay, it, you you spoke. So, okay, oh yeah. yeah see what happened. Right. Like in, in at my high school, mm -hmm. there were so many people from Puerto Rico or or different parts of the world that are many people, even people black like me, who were not even born in Tennessee. They were born in Germany or born in Korea. You know, the military bases. So even though my family was not military, right. now my my dad was in the military a long time ago. But what branch? Army. Army, okay. Yeah, in fact, that's at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, okay. which is why we were there. Okay. That's where I met my mom. Okay. My mom a, was a country girl. From, that's where your father met your mom. Yeah, my mom okay. was a country girl from Taylorsville, Mississippi. Okay. So, yeah. So that's where she's from. Yes. And you guys from. never went down to Mississippi? Always. We always did. But you said you never left Tennessee. No, I said I never left the country. We, we, okay, the only trip was. The only to, trip from, from Tennessee to your mother's place in right, Mississippi. Right, right. And to my dad's place. Which, Which was in Tennessee. Pulaski, Tennessee. In our Tennessee. way. In yes. our way. Yeah. Okay. And Pulaski, Tennessee is interesting because I found out later in life it's the home of the new clan. I never knew I that. I guess that is interesting. I never knew that growing up because when I went and there. And what's the difference between the new, what's the difference for the new clan? What do they do? They don't wear hoods? I think the new clan, I don't know. I didn't, I never really researched that. But the funny thing is when I went there, I never really saw many white people there. So it was. What? Yeah. When I went to Pulaski, Tennessee. Who'd you, who'd you say? All black people everywhere. Black people everywhere. I mean, you see some white people at the stores okay, and things like that, but in the neighborhood around where my cousins live, I didn't really see a lot of white people there. Mm -hmm. But every white person I met there was so friendly. You know, yeah, I, never, wait, wait, wait. I never met. Here's the funny thing about the U.S. in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. I never met people who were, who I felt were very racist to me right, or right, treated right, me right, right. down or looked down on me. Right. Never. There are some really big homes in Clarksville, Tennessee, in, in those neighborhoods, and mm -hmm. I did have friends who lived there. I just never, I just never encountered anyone telling you, me, you know, you it was, do, it was you not the, do this, you can't do yeah, it. it was not the Karen. I never met any Karens. Well, the, the, I think that's a recent yeah. phenomenon. Yeah, that's a recent. But I, I think it's a recent phenomenon, but I think it's always been. It's there. always been there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only recent as far as we being able to see it. Right, 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 exactly. But I, I never had that, and not not to say that it, I'm sure because. When I went to Pulaski, I'm sure if I look at the demographics, it's not predominantly black. That that's probably a result of maybe some slight segregation okay. that has spilled over from the Jim Crow era. Mm -hmm. The reason why everyone I see is black in that particular area. Mm -hmm. But you know, I'm just saying the it seems like a peaceful separation. Like they're happy right, where right, they are. Like, and yeah, nobody seems to be 
unhappy with it. What subjects did you like? Did you did you gravitate towards? Um, it's funny when I was in school. Um, I think I loved geography and history, and still do. I love. Why, 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 what, what about that? Did you? Um, I like war. You know, I, 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 I'm a war junkie. Any on Netflix, anything about World War II or the Vietnam War, uh, especially those two wars, um, or the Civil War. Okay. I, I just watched a, a nice series about tyrants and looking at what tyrants shared throughout history. I'm a, and I, I, I told Darby, I said, Darby, my friend, you, you, you got to watch this. And I told him, you got to watch the Vietnam series. You got to right. watch the World War II series. Yeah. You got to watch the series on Hitler. So, and what, what about, what, I mean, what parts make you feel really interested um, when you get into it? Let's how people lived and how people suffered, what they went through to survive. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I recently watched a movie inspired by a trip I took to Cambodia. Mm -hmm. And it's on Netflix. It's called First They Killed My Father. And it's about a young girl growing up in Cambodia and how the Khmer Rouge came in and basically sent everyone out to the countryside to become farmers mm -hmm. and put them, they, you know, in, in Cambodia, one out of every five or six people were killed by Pol Pot. Mm -hmm. And it's the it's based on the true story of this little girl growing up, and mm -hmm. and that m movies like that inspire me because uh, and I made my wife watch it. You gotta watch this this movie because you will appreciate your life so much more okay. if you gotcha. understand what people struggle through and okay. what they went through. So it brings it brings you closer to the reality of your mortality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the yeah. fact that hey, this I, is I, this I is always feel grateful. Right, for, right. For, and this I feel is a dress rehearsal. Like exactly, exactly. This is exactly, real. Exactly. Wow. But so, there was another subject I loved, yeah. and it was my passion, and that was theater. And so a lot you of were people. You a thespian? And poetry, <laughs> and uh, when I was in high school, I did poetry contests. My my teacher, high school teacher, was Sally Welch, and she's still on my Facebook today. She's like, still she must be eighty years old. 80 years she's old. still she still likes my posts, still watches okay. my stories, and she, I love her. Every person, important person in my life, which I'll talk about later, mm -hmm. has been a woman who's believed in me. And she, um, we used to do these competitions, dramatic interpretation, where I would read a text and have to play two characters at once, or. I read a poem called Porphyria's Lover by uh, Robert Barrett Browning. Yeah. So what do, you, what, do you, what do you mean? You get in the classroom and it just... It's a competition. It's like okay. a competition. So, so she'd be training you, you mean? Yeah, yeah, we train and then we go to these competitions, state competitions. I won first place in state competition. So you're kind of like teacher's pet. Yeah, for okay. theater. Yeah, I, in for fact, theater. it was so funny because in high school, <laughs> I would always go to the drama room and she would write me a note to go anywhere, so I was basically just walk around, go by my girlfriend's, go by my girlfriend's uh, uh, room, get her out. And, you know, it was like, uh, but but she knew I put in the work after school in the productions. Wow! And so I wound up uh, getting a scholarship with that, and with okay. But how long? Person. But how long were you with her? Four years. The whole four years. The of high whole school. four years of high yeah, school. Yeah. So when I changed, she was really, so she picked you out right away. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. She loved me to death, and I loved her to death. This really oh, wow. unusual sort of eccentric lady. She was very. She was a, a local actress as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, to this day, I, I just wrote her not long ago. I said, I, I said, I can't wait to come visit you again. And the last time. When's the last time you visited her? Gosh, the last time I went to Tennessee, maybe 
over 10 years ago. And it's funny, I just went and knocked on her door. I had not seen her in over 10, 20 years. I just knocked on her door. Danny, she, she remembered me. You know, she never Danny forgot me. Real good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay, so you did your competitions. And did competitions. I did theater. I did. I didn't. I couldn't do a musical. I did a. I did a musical. Um, what musical I did? Man of La Mancha. Okay. I am a Don Quixote. Right. Well, can't you sing a. You lick. have the okay. Okay. I so can't sing a. Lick. You, you can, can see. You can see. I can't okay, sing a. Okay. But. But I, I like dramatic acting. I, I just wasn't a. I wasn't really a dancer, and I wasn't really a singer. Okay. But I loved theater. I love you. And then I started getting into literature. Okay. And reading my, mm -hmm. and I discovered a, a writer that I just she just changed my life and changed. Who? Who? Uh, her name is Flannery O'Connor. Flannery O'Connor. She's uh, from Georgia, and okay. she's called the Shakespeare of the South. She's an excellent writer. Characters are these unusual Southern characters, and when I read it, I thought she wasn't religious. I found she was deeply religious. She was Catholic in a very Protestant. Georgia South, but her characters always have this revelation mm -hmm. that makes them discover who they are and where they are in this world. And I was, I would always read, and I would always wonder, okay, who, something. One thing about her stories is something bad is going to happen <laughs> to some character. So I, I would always read them, and I was always inspired by the way she wrote. And I think part of the fact that I, I do consider myself a really good writer mm -hmm. uh, in, of English, of course of English, is because of her work and her, her Wait, So you do a lot of writing? Um, well, I teach you writing, so. Okay, but have you written a book or anything? Uh, I've been part of some books. We okay. did a, when I was at the University of Nevada, Reno, we did a series on uh, World War II heroes. Okay. Do you plan on writing a book? Uh, yes. Your yes, memoirs? Yes. yes. I, I think I could never believe things that have happened to me. And you haven't, started, you haven't started yet? <laughs> I've written down some things. Okay, yeah, good, good, good start, because yeah, I'm doing yeah. the same thing. No, you are. And you're yes, 50, yes. you're halfway there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got to leave you're something. You're on the other side now. I've you're got to leave something now. behind. So yeah, start, yeah, you know, yeah, start yeah. those memoirs and get them going, man. I watched, you can record too. I watched a funny video, it was called, um, Try Anything for 30 Days. And I think it, it said, try writing a novel. It said, mm -hmm. just for 30 days, sit down and write about 1,500, I think it's 1,500 words right, a day. Right, right. And you'll have a full-length novel. It might not be good, but you'll have a novel at the end of 30 right. days. And I think I just need to sit down yeah, and, do and, that. and do it. Yeah, right. yeah. Because my life in Japan, it's, it's funny, you know, saying that I, I grew up in Tennessee and mm -hmm. a lot of my relatives are around the Tennessee area. I was talking with my brother about this. We think that I am probably one of the only people in my whole extended family on my mother's side and my father's side who has ever lived outside of the U.S. Isn't that interesting? I don't think anyone. Aside from military, there is no one. Mm -hmm. There have been a few in the military. My niece lived in Italy in different places. She was in the military. Mm -hmm. My uncle passed away last year. He was in the military. My mm -hmm. brother was in the military before he became a lawyer. So he... Um, but no one outside of the military has ever lived outside of the U.S. So I think um, I'm sort of the black sheep, sort of the unusual person in my family on both sides. I'm the one they don't know so much about because I've been away from the U.S. for so long. I don't go to family gatherings because of that. Wow. And so, you know. So, so in college, so you got your scholarship to go to college. Did mm -hmm. you use that scholarship all the way through? Yes, yes, yes. Where did you go to college? 
It's a small school in Tennessee. It's called Austin P. State University. Okay. And it's named after the first governor of Tennessee. Okay. And it's funny, this school has a very interesting chant because when they're at the football games, they say, let's go pee, let's go pee. And that's kind of the, the famous chant. Okay, right. Yeah, because it's Austin P, P-E-A-Y. No, P-E-A-Y, yeah, P-E-A-Y. Okay. And so I went to school there. I was going to major in art, but then I decided to major in theater and um, literature and? and technical writing mm -hmm. as a minor. And uh, good school. I went, uh, met some great teachers there. The class sizes were small. The nice thing about that school was that all of your professors were doctors. You know, at a, at a lot of schools, you're taught by grad students. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At that school, your professors were Dr. James, Dr. Johnson, Dr. Hill. So it was a small school, so everyone knew everyone, and they knew everyone everybody. Was going knew. On. Everyone knew everyone, but again, because of the military base, oh, people coming, you, you know, pe people who were in the military. That's the only close university around, so they would got it. So you had a lot of transits coming. Yeah, through. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you might know. This. So you never really felt any real connection to no, because no, no, you knew no, they no, could no. be leaving tomorrow no, no. or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what'd you graduate with? A bachelor's degree okay. and a BA. Okay. And uh, at that, when I finished school, I was looking to maybe you know go to grad school. So at that time, my brother had moved to Reno, Nevada. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, at that time, I decided to, hey, why don't I go to Nevada? And, and try living there. So I remember driving my car from Clarksville, Tennessee to Reno, Nevada. It took me like 40 hours or more, maybe, maybe more. Uh, I went there with my brother. We never turned the car off. We drove nonstop from Tennessee to Nevada. And I enrolled at the University of Nevada, Reno, which is the oldest university in Nevada. Mm -hmm. And I got my master's degree studying uh, literature. Okay with the idea of maybe becoming a professor, maybe going on to get my PhD, but we had a, there was a course where we had to take an ESL course, ESL related course, because there was a large influx of um, Spanish speaking people into mm -hmm. Reno, Nevada, you know, they have the tourism mm -hmm. and um, they needed people who were remotely interested in education to at least have some capability to deal with the influx of non-native speakers. So I had to observe a class. So I observed a class at the university's intensive English language center. Mm -hmm. And I observed the class of a lady named Deirdre Vineyard, who would be another lady who inspired me so much. I got along great with the students. I, it's the first time I met Japanese students. Okay. Uh, not the first time, but the okay. first time I really interacted strongly with Japanese students. They loved me. She said, can you come back? And then I would come to her class every day, even though the the observation was just one time. I started going back every day. Mm -hmm. And other teachers in the Intensive English Language Center there would see me and they would say, who is that guy in there? You know, the students seem to like him a lot. And they invited me to their classes. And then I started going to uh, other schools. Like I contacted the school system and I asked, can I observe some ESL classes? And I started going to some middle schools. I met a guy named Joe Kaikendall who had lived in Japan and Korea teaching. and. And the students, they, they were different students. They were, you know, students from Mexico and, and Central America, and they really got along well with me. And I realized I get along well with young people. Okay. And so what the school did was I was paying for my tuition or getting student loans, which mm -hmm. is, you know, I know I'm going to have to pay that back. And, and then the, 
everything worked out fine for me. I was the walking tutoring center on campus. Every international student would come up to me and ask, can you check my paper? Can you?" Mm -hmm. I, I wrote an essay, I wrote a research paper. I would walk and people I didn't even know would ask me this. I started teaching people on the weekends. Like there was one lady who worked at one of the casinos in housekeeping from um, uh, Mexico. Mm -hmm. And she had a friend and, and a guy from Mexico. And I started teaching them on the weekend. and. And the school noticed this, the Intensive English Language Center, and they approached me about it. Would you like to have a TA? I didn't know a T TA sounds like something different to me, but <laughs> teacher's assistant. Yeah, I didn't know what one okay, was okay, at okay, that okay, time. Okay. Right. I said, sure. What do I what do? do, what do yeah. What do I do to get one? They yeah. said, well, you have to, yeah, they have to teach a class two times a week. I said, okay, I, I volunteer teaching on the weekend for free. Right. And they said, you'll get your tuition paid. You'll get your books paid for, and we'll give you a sort of a stipend per month. And I said, well, how much? They said, it was like $1,900. And you were? I was like, huh? For teaching two classes? So on top of free tuition and books, and you're going to pay me to do what I do anyway. Anyway, for free. And that kind of got me into where I'm doing, what I'm doing now. Okay, okay. Now, how, we're going to get to that. Mm -hmm. So you did that for how long? How long did you do uh, that? You know, grad school in the U.S. is about two years. So I did okay. that about, I got, the, I was offered the, the, um, the TA-ship about three or four months into my time as a grad student. Mm -hmm. so. But every summer you had three months to do whatever you wanted, or a month, and two months and a half. Right, right, right. You didn't travel during that time? You know, it's so funny. I, it didn't even dawn on me to travel you just or to get there. a You stayed there and saw the students and stayed there too. I went with my girlfriend. We drove to Canada. <laughs> We drove to that Quebec was a big trip. because I had studied French. We drove to Quebec to speak a little French and did, you know, that was that was a big trip. That was the internet. I went with my brother to Juarez, right over the border in Mexico. You know, that was my the, Mexico and Canada were well, my your getaway, you know, getting out of yeah, America, yeah. get out of Central America. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And you know, you don't need a passport to go to. That's Europe. right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So then, what got you to Japan? When was the first time you got on that plane? Mm, yeah. Well, that's funny. Like, I I and met, how old were you? I was like 27. 27. Mm. That had to be an interesting time. It was, yeah. So tell me about it. What happened? I, well, I, in grad school, I was dating a young lady. She was Japanese. She was from Yamagata. Your first Japanese. I mean, your first Japanese. No, she was my first Japanese, Japanese girlfriend. girlfriend. Right, okay. right. And I was really, at the University of Nevada, I was really popular on campus with Japanese students. Because one thing about me is, I don't know why, but people like talking to me, okay, even if they don't know me. I think it's my character. I smile okay, a lot. Right, you know, okay, Japanese right. like people who smile okay. because they don't do it so much, right? right? Okay. So I was friends with so many Japanese people, and I started dating. Did you start to speak the language at all? No, no, no. It no, was, no you because know. they didn't come for that purpose. They didn't come, they yeah, they didn't come to speak Japanese. Right. right. They, they came to speak English, and, and you know. They were going to make sure they got their right, education. Right, right, right. They weren't going right, to give right. somebody theirs. No, no, no. <laughs> exactly, and I was I was a graduate student, and uh, and Sa Sa her name was Sadi, actually Sayori, Sadi Sadi Sadi. You got to get the name right, and and we, we dated, and and when I it's funny she wanted me to come to Japan, and she wanted me to meet her parents and her family, not not meet her parents. She wanted me to just you know meet her family, and I remember knowing nothing about Japan. My image of Japan was 
I remember watching videos of when Michael Jackson used to come to Japan and they used to faint and and you know I just thought of people many people with glasses and black hair and uh, uniforms and I didn't really know anything about Japan you don't think much I didn't even know what to expect right, right. and um, so I got a ticket and I was finishing up grad school and I actually was teaching at the university for like a few a few months mm -hmm. but I didn't know where I was going with this so I I went and got on a plane and before I got on the plane I remember a Japanese person said you're going to meet her parents oh you're getting married I thought hmm? mm -hmm. what, what? and I didn't realize you know at, I don't know if it's still true but Japanese women taking their boyfriend to meet their parents serious. is very serious right. and I didn't know that and then I didn't know I didn't know what to expect you know would they like me or whatever <laughs> but I got on the plane and I came to Japan she was already here no time. she was there she was with me because she was a student she, so like she me. came with you she came with me right okay. it was during a winter break okay. uh, that was 1997 <laughs> yeah and I remember when I arrived in Japan and got on the tea cat you know from Narita I remember just seeing all of these apartment buildings and thinking, do people live in all of these places? It was endless. Oh, so I mean, many. I'm from Clarksville, Tennessee. <laughs> the tallest building is probably three floors. I mean, three, three stories, three or four stories. And the houses are pretty spaced apart. Yeah, and they're spaced right. apart. And, I, and the way I describe Japan to my dad is you can stand on the, at the front door and jump to the street. <laughs> So seeing all of these buildings everywhere, it was, do people work and live in all of these buildings? And we went to, of all places, Yamagata, a small city called Nanyo, where Nanyo. no foreigners, there are no, I didn't see, I saw one foreigner there. He was a Mormon missionary. <laughs> and I remember the first place I went to was KFC. Okay. And I remember going to the register, ordering something, and how kind the person was and how the person like when I asked for ketchup he put the ketchup in my hand and kind of cupped my hand mm. and I felt that was beautiful you know the way he did it was so so nice I felt <laughs> wow people here are so kind and then I got to her house and I remember the smells were different the just the atmosphere feeling was different I felt like this is an exotic adventure Okay. And she had two sisters, and her grandparents Younger lived there. Younger sisters? Yeah. Okay. Grandparents lived there, and a mom and dad. Mm -hmm. And they were school teachers. And so I went there and made every mistake you could possibly make, passing the chopsticks with the food, things Walking like that. in there with your shoes on. and Walking in on her aunt with no clothes on. <laughs> Everything, you know, her aunt who visited. <laughs> bath, what I was so surprised by was bath time. Because they share water, you know, Japanese, right, they run the water. Same thing right, right, right. right. But what, I wasn't surprised by that. I was surprised that they let me go first. Because they share the water after you. Yeah, yeah, because I thought, mm, if anything. I don't know if I'd do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't do it. Yeah, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't but, do that. Yeah. And I thought, mm, they're just letting me go first, but they're going to drain this drain water. This right? But they didn't. They didn't. They all went after me. And I thought, wow, I'm in there doing God knows what in that water. <laughs> and everybody's coming in after me. And I thought, Japan's a different 
country. Someone's yeah. lied to you about the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were so friendly. I, her mother took me to her school, and the kids... Did they speak English? No. Then how were you communicating? Through her. So she was with you every place Everywhere. she went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when your mother, Even when when your mother took school. you, she'd tell you what was going on. So you had... A, they had an assembly for me. You know, they, they do it every morning anyway. They have a, like an assembly where they... Right, they, they do. They do this, they but then they, they sang songs for me, and I went to d different classrooms. They greeted me with things, gave me gifts, and I came home. Her mother told, told her dad, everyone loved Danny so much in Japanese, and you know he was so great. Her dad got jealous. He was a school principal, mm -hmm. elementary school principal. So he asked me to come to his school Okay. a few days later. Same thing. Same thing. And the, I remember when I was leaving, all the kids started running out of the classrooms, mm -hmm. and the teachers let them do it. And they were lying, you know, they were so Japanese because when they came to the front of the school, the sort of big Ginkan area, mm -hmm. they did not go beyond that because they had their shoes off. But they lined up, their heads started popping up, boop, 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 mm -hmm. waving to me. And her dad's walking with me, and she's walking with me, and we look back, and her dad's smiling. And I think he was thinking, ah, I've got a special guy here. Yeah, but good for, for me, it was the warmest feeling everywhere we went. People were curious about me, and they were. They told me also I was the first foreign person at both schools. They said Ever they never had here. a foreign visitor at their school. I can believe it. I can believe and it. And the hospitality of Japanese people was so great. I did not encounter anything bad. Every every time we meet, like their family doctor, we met mm -hmm. them at the grocery store. She invited me to her home. It was like I didn't, and it was different from my. I thought maybe there would be a. Some some racism or, or yeah. some some. When people were telling you, I'm sure you yeah, asked yeah. before you went, and someone said, "Oh, be careful with yeah, Japanese." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't feel happen. I didn't feel any. It was so wonderful, and I stayed there. And at that time, I I knew some students uh, who had come to the United States from the school where I currently teach. Mm -hmm. So I went to that school, which is my current school, NIC International College mm -hmm. in Tokyo, and I met the owner. Her name is uh, Hiro, we call her Hirote-san. Mm -hmm. And she knew of me through Deirdre, the lady at the, who let me observe her classes at right. the University of Nevada, Reno. Because here's the catch, the school where I work now, it was started by the University of Nevada, Reno. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I remember the lady telling, asking me, can you come back here and work in two weeks? And I said, yes. But you, wait, you were just on vacation. On vacation, yes. But she asked me, could I come back and work? And I went back, I sold everything in a week, and moved back to Japan, moved to Japan. Well, what about the girl now? Wait, wait. now the big question She stays. Is, she stayed in Nevada. She stayed in, in Nevada, yeah. In Nevada. In Nevada, yeah. So you were off the so hook. So th there we you were. off the hook. Uh, kind of. Kind of, okay. She was in the US, Japanese. I'm in, Amer I'm in Japan, American, and we kept that relationship. But I would fly back every month to see her. Okay. The exchange rate was so good. Didn't smoke, didn't drink, didn't go out. So I think I was paying like 40, 50,000 yen a, a month for tickets to go mm -hmm. back in a round trip, you know, mm -hmm. coach to the US. And I would, it was funny, I would fly on Friday night after school, take the six o'clock flight, Singapore Airlines, arrive Friday morning, LA, mm -hmm. stay until Saturday afternoon, fly back, come back here Sunday night. Did that every month for many years. I mean, did, so what I mean, did you end up marrying this girl? I'm just no, we, we broke up a month after she came to, <laughs> back to Japan. 
<laughs> how long had how long had it been? You guys were doing how long was the relationship? Like, uh, two. Well, we were together for a long for several years when I was a grad student, and then when I came back to Japan, I was here like two. We did that like two years. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then when she came back, we broke up one month after that. So, yeah, so after. After all of that, you stayed here, or did yeah, you go yeah. back? You, no, I, mean, no, I stayed. So from the time you came, you had I've never been never, back. From the time I've come here, I've, I'm still at the same school. How many years have you been? How many years does that make now? That makes twenty-three. Twenty-three years. Yeah, twenty-three years. When's the long longest you've been away from Japan in that twenty-three years? At one time. One month. You've never stayed more than a month outside mm -hmm. of Japan. In fact, it was only two years ago when I went to Vietnam. With my with my wife, we stayed. No, it wasn't even a month. We stayed. Yeah, we had one month. It okay. was um, so it's a probably like, like a, a winter break. You know, it's, mm -hmm. in education you get many breaks. Right, you get month right, right, breaks. You get three months. Yeah, break. sometimes going back in December and staying until January. Mm -hmm. One one whole month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. But never never to live. Never back for well, a year. Then you to stay. No. You, did you? When did you decide? Not, wait. So you came here the first time. Did you? Start those feelings immediately that you never want to go back to the Oh, I so love Japan from the minute I arrived. You never thought you'd go back to America? Never thought I would. No. Would you think, did you, you thought you'd always stay here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I knew it. I knew it. I, I <laughs> love Japan so much. And the thing about it is... So even Mona, so you, you're still planning to stay here in Oh, yeah, yeah. She loves it too. She loves, she it, loves too. it as much as I do. Yeah. What about, okay, let's go into what about Japan makes you... I, I know you love the people. What other things? Um... It's so funny because I was at my, I call it my office, which is Starbucks on Keakizaka. And I was out there and um, I was talking with, with Mona about this the other day. I like the fact about Japan, everybody leaves you alone. <laughs> they don't bother you, you know? You have your own space. They don't, they don't talk to you unless you talk to them. They don't try to push their ideas on you. They know you're foreign. You're a foreigner. They're Japanese. They don't expect you to be Japanese. That's one thing I like about Japan. They don't expect you to act Japanese. They don't, they don't even expect you to, to think like them in any way. They just expect you to be you. They leave you alone. And I like that peace of mind here. You know, it's so wonderful. to and It's safe. Um, it's predictable. It's... Everything about Japan, you know, you, you're never surprised by anything. Mm -hmm. You know, they are exactly what you think they are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever you expect going to, to do something, you, you, you never have to assume that so, you're going to encounter some, you know, loose cannon or some unusual situation. Japanese people are Japanese people and they pretty much respect your privacy and your right to do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't think... That you know, in, in the United States, it feels like everyone wants you to conform or, or fit into some camp. You've got to be in this camp or that camp, and you know, with the with the politics and everything like that. I just I just love living here and being anonymous and uh, having peace of mind. I, I think that's one thing that's kept me young. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, is the fact that I don't have stress living here. When you go back to the states. Well, I, I'm going to keep this positive because mm -hmm. <laughs> I just came back. This, I want to come back. This. I love the states. I just don't want to live there. The same here. Yeah, I feel yeah. the same way. I always tell people I love right. America. Yeah, it has the America. best of everything, but it also has the worst of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. the that's the downside. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's too easy to see the bad side. Yeah, yeah. It, it it spurs, and even if you're not trying to think about it, it always pops up somehow or another. Here's the funny thing about the U.S. and 
some people might not like me saying this, but I haven't I haven't encountered any negative people in the U.S. either. Same here. I said no, I, 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 this time I when I went back, it was the, the ugly things you beautiful. encounter are online and anonymous. They're, the people, and I've been back to small country we, we call hick towns. Right. The people there are beautiful. They're, yeah, they're yeah. wonderful. I don't I don't really encounter any negative people anywhere I go, mm-hmm. whether it's England or France or whatever. I encounter the best of, and I think it's kind of like you're, sometimes I feel you're a mirror, you know? You when get I, what you look for. Yeah, when I, exactly. You get exactly. I have a, a, a friend <laughs> who, you know, he says, oh, J- Japan is racist and people are, he says this and that. I said, I don't, I don't, I think racism is everywhere to some extent. And I'd be crazy to say it doesn't exist here because, but the thing about it with Japan is it's not necessarily I, I don't know if you can even call it racism. It's I think it's more xenophobia. Japanese feel a little standoffish about people who are not Japanese. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it, it, you know what? It doesn't matter whether you're white, black, Hispanic. If you present your, if you dress nicely, you're kind. You speak to people politely, and especially when you speak the language, Japanese, they respect you and love you. They don't care what race you are. And um, so I, I think that my friend who thinks like that. His outlook of Japan is like that because that's what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. Do you think and you find that in other countries too? Yeah, because okay, my my ex, she was she got her MBA in Paris, and she would she's Japanese. She would complain, oh, French people, they're arrogant and they don't they're racist. They don't like Asian people on this, and she would sort of rail on them all the time. Mm-hmm. But when I went there to France, everybody was really kind. And everybody wanted to speak English. It's funny, people say. They won't speak to you in English. Yeah, they, they love speaking to me in English. Were your parents, were you raised to be very religious? Yeah. But my dad never went to church. Okay, what religion? Um, Protestant. Church of God in Christ. Okay. We say Kajik. Kajik. Yeah. Do you know Kajik? No. Church of God in Christ. I mean, they're, no. they're the uh, speaking in tongues, rolling oh, around on the those, yeah. Lord. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Predominantly black church, right. as you know. Did you guys have tambourines and that's tambourines? Yes. I went to my fans, fans, hot churches, you know. And you slip with the one, and then you start. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I refused to be baptized once because. Oh my, really? My, my, um, I was baptized. I, I was scared to death. I was scared to death. I thought it was gonna flip. I, I was scared I, I to death. I was gonna lose it. I was scared to death. <laughs> you know, at that time, I think I was scared of of swimming pools and water, <laughs> like a lot of black people. <laughs> a lot of black people they say scared of swimming pools. I was one of them. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I didn't want to do that. So tell me, what are your plans for the future here in Japan? Um, you know, I'm really happy with my school. I'm um, right now. I'm a I'm a director. We have uh, two main directors of our campus, and we we opened another branch in Osaka. Mm-hmm. The name of your school is it's what? called NIC International NIC College. International. And I I know some people don't want to say their school or where What's they work, but I I have no qualms about same, that. Same. I, 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 I love talking about my school, I love promoting my school. Our school is one of the longest surviving schools affiliated with colleges and universities mm-hmm. in Japan. I remember when I first came to Japan, I got a book teaching in English, and it was filled with schools that I was going to apply for, none of them exist. And the only reason our school does exist is because it's affiliated with the University of Nevada, Reno, and it's affiliated with schools in Switzerland, and England, and Australia, and Canada, and our students come to our school for one year and then after that they transfer abroad and we we do everything for them we we teach them 
we help them with their TOEFLs and IELTS, we help them with their applications, going to the various schools, we help them with their visas, and it's a wonderful operation, a wonderful college, and um, our students go to, I mean, they're leaders all over the world, mm. and um, I love that job. We opened a branch in Osaka 10 years ago, so I go. that's why I go to Osaka like maybe four months out of the year. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I'm very content with this. But you see yourself doing that. Part of me wants to open my own school. I mean, I know what to do. I know how to make the connections. What, so what stops you? What's 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 holding you, know, you back? That's that's a good question. Okay. I think, I think like a lot of people, you get, you become scared to do something, and and the the fact that I'm married now. Is probably not good because you you know you have someone else to take care of. Right. And I think that had I thought to do that before getting married, it would have been easier. You take a risk, you, you, it doesn't work. You, you, you eat cup noodle for a few months, you get back on your feet, right? But um, yeah, I, but I but still, um, I thought about you know things I do at my school. You know sometimes you know summer programs we have students coming in recruiting for the next year. Mm -hmm. I, I do absolutely everything. I create the curriculum. I teach the curriculum. I uh, help with recruiting. I'm doing everything. You're your own anyway. boss. Right, right, right. I'm basically my own right, boss. Right. right, right. So I I think that's probably the next step for me. I and I I think I mentioned to you before. To I'm interested in doing them. Um, yeah, after school. Um, study program for mm -hmm. for students mm -hmm. uh, in this area mm -hmm. um, who are interested in you know coming coming together with people from different countries or different walks of life mm -hmm. it totally not for profit uh, I just want to do something the thing about me is I want to do something to just give back and help people mm -hmm. I've done that my whole career I've done I've done so many things at for absolutely no money for no expectation other than just helping people. Mm -hmm. And to the point that, you know, I don't even buy anything for myself, you know. I'm always doing something for, for other people, whether it's my wife or her family or 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 my family or what have you. Mm -hmm. That's just more important to me. Wow. Yeah. Danny, what would you like to end with? Um, I think the thing that has always gotten me through mm -hmm. is understanding that, you know, the purpose for being on this earth is giving back and helping people. And that's what I've done my whole career. I've, I've always helped people. And it's not in terms of just giving them money or giving them solid advice, but even just helping them with a problem they're having, listening to them when they, they need a, a, a shoulder to cry on, or, or just giving some advice about um, what they can do in terms of education. I'm always giving back. <laughs> And it makes me really proud to see that um, now I have thousands of students studying all over the world and working all throughout Japan who tell me later, it's so inspiring, they come back and tell me, you did so much for me, or I miss talking with you, or you changed my life, you know. Mm -hmm. That to me is more important than being super rich. You know, because that makes me rich, just knowing that I helped other people. And that's what I want to continue to do. Keep on doing that, Danny. I can see you have that kind of spirit. It yeah, yeah, gives yeah. and gives and gives. And all of us are here on our own journey. Right, right. That's the one thing, man. Yeah. Keep it going. Okay, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Okay, sure. It was a pleasure. Pleasure talking right. to you. Thank you.
I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Remember to press like, subscribe, and never forget, it's all unknown. Continue to reach for the stars, and you're too blessed to be stressed. Thank <laughs> you.